Out of Bounds. Triple M. Time now to delve in a little bit more into Southwest Football League action and catch up with one of our favourites, Craney. Oh, without a doubt. You've got to love this bloke. He puts his heart and soul into everything he does. And that's our favourite, Cody Miller. How are you, Cody? (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, boys. How you going? Going wonderfully. Um, let's quickly touch on last week because, obviously, blip on the radar for the Dons, uh, a loss at home. Collie seemed to have the edge over you guys uh, at home in the last uh, couple of seasons or so. Um, what did you take away from that game last week? Um, yeah, they, they were very good. They were very, very good on the weekend. They they pretty much beat us at our own game, you know, that contested hard footy. Um, but, yeah, they're... Where they're sitting on a ladder is probably not an actual um, indication of how good of a side they are because, yeah, they 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 were very good. I feel like we've said that just about every week, Crutney, because it, they, they just haven't got their full squad on the track right, at yeah. one particular time. Yeah, for sure. Now, mate, um, you coach the Colts in the morning. Mm. That's an early start for you. How do you sort of keep your mental capacity up to then play a league game in the afternoon? Um, yeah, it, it, it was a struggle uh, last year when I first took it on, Craney. Um, but you sort of, I find you get that half an hour, hour break between the Colts finishing in the league starting where I sort of just go and hide away in the corner for a bit and um, see if I can have a bit of a snooze. But yeah, it's definitely, it definitely took me a bit to, to try and get my head around at the start. But it all, it all comes down to support, you know, um, Great support. I mean, Burjo, Burjo does a massive amount in terms of helping me out um, with preparation and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's all about the support staff as well. Now, and has that coaching role, has that helped your on-field role, I guess? Have you got, seen another aspect of the game? Yeah, it's it's funny. I think we were talking the other week, Crane. It's, it's funny. Like, I never, I never pictured myself five years ago um, coaching a team of young blokes or even even a leadership style role on the field um but yeah it def- definitely does you're, you're sort of always thinking um how, how you can get the team better and what we can do to improve our game and that, that sort of stuff comes before your own footy most of the time so with that code with the, um with you before we move on to the league with the Colts side They've been down for a while. Does that take a bit of getting the winning feeling back into a group of um, young people, I suppose, any team? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You sort of, you know, um, they've, had, they've had a fairly tough time out there for for a long, long time in the Colts side. And um, you, you're almost just trying to get back to enjoying footy, enjoying being around, being around your mates and having a laugh. And um, not only that, but putting the work in as well, because... You know, if you enjoy, you know, it's like if you're enjoying your footy, um, yeah, it makes things a lot better on the field, and the wins will come. So that's that's really what we're just trying to build for at the moment. Now, a terrific last uh, year, last year for the Donnybrook Footy Club, mm-hmm. a flag. As a player, did that take a little bit of time this year to sort of get back into the groove of it and mentally get that um, pressure up again? Yeah, well, we probably haven't had probably haven't had the wins that we um, would have hoped for this year um, and I, like I'm not sure I'm not you know you hear people say premiership hangovers and such and such um, I'm not sure if it is a hangover but you, you sort of you, you want, you've got to come back with the same want and same drive to, to achieve what you did last year because it was something special and um, you don't ever get sick of winning flags that's that's for sure <laughs> no and it's been a bit um, 
up and down, hasn't it? You've had very good wins and then ones you were supposed to win, you probably didn't. What's been the cause of the inconsistency? Um, yeah, we, we've sort of... Uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure, to be honest. <laughs> if you had the answer to that, yeah, you'd be... It's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I mean, if we if we knew that, we'd, we'd, everyone would be sitting on top of the ladder. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just about trying to string consistent quarters together across the board. I think the more, obviously, the more players you have in your side playing the better than the opposition, it's going to go a long way towards winning. So it's just it's just about building on players and um, stringing those four quarters together and playing consistent footy. You yourself, um, you, you enjoying the role, I take it, at Donnybrook. How, how is uh, your role at the club, obviously taking on the Colts, but also uh, inside that sort of leadership group at Donnybrook? How does that sit with you? You're obviously coming up close to 200 games very, very soon. Uh, yeah, it's 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 fun. It sounds strange when you say it because, uh, like any, anyone that knew me before when I was a bit younger, you know, I was pretty I was pretty cruisy. I was, I was quite happy with just turning up and um, doing what I needed to do, and then almost going home. You know, I had some great leaders with Will Olsen there. You sort of didn't really you didn't really need to, but um, when I went out to Donnybrook, yeah, it it, it re- sort of you may maybe realise that you know. You're now looked at as a senior player and have to have to drive the standards. But in saying that as well, I mean, Burdo's had a massive part on the back end of my career. Um, you know, he's he's been massive for me, and um, he certainly he certainly got the best out of me in my footy. That's for sure. So he's he's I've got a lot to owe to him. I could just add to that, Dan. I knew Code when he was a young player <laughs> coming up, and he took on some big tasks because yeah. we didn't have a lot. But he always give you one million percent, and very rarely got beaten. That's all you ask for a footballer, though, isn't it? You just want him to go out there and just give everything. And he I think can. I think that's way too much praise for you, AK. Oh, now come, now come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, mate. That's right. <laughs> a very important four points this week against Kerry Park. If you if you drop this one, you're, you're two games out of the five. Does that put any extra pressure on the playing group? Yeah, definitely. This this is a real crunch game for us this weekend. Um, you know, they they got us the first top, first round of the year, and uh, yeah, it's, if we if we drop this one, it's uh, it's going to make life very tough. But we're we're not looking at dropping it, so hopefully we crack in on Saturday and get the job done. Now, mate, you're you're defensive champion. Yeah. You're on top of the defensive ladder. But you're down to about five or six on the attacking one. Do you get into those forwards and say, "What are you doing?" Ah, uh, yeah. You, you just you, you always let them know that you're, you're the top defensive team in the comp. <laughs> they, you just, yeah, because they, they sometimes they get a bit ahead of themselves. Those forwards. I think it's across the board. All forwards do. But no, nah, they, they're, they're great. Our, our midfield. You know, obviously look at our midfield, and um, I'd say we've got the best, if not very close to the best midfield with. Adders and Lynchy and Cormac running through there, and um, I mean Cormac's near on at the stage where he's untaggable at the moment. He's he's, he's by far probably the best player in the comp at the moment. Um, so yeah, they they really they really help us out and pump in there a lot. So we should be good. Last thing, do you own a snorkel? Because you might need it this weekend. We're expecting some pretty wet weather over uh, over uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I just did have a look at the weather and seen it was going to be. A bit, uh, a bit wet doesn't doesn't bit. help my hair. I'll tell you what. That's <laughs> one you normally you normally get the sly remark of uh, the the patch on top there from most players, yeah. but 
been going on for a long time now. I'm pretty used to it. No, Actually, enough, that's mate. something that sticks in my memory after you won the flag last year. Yeah. You were you were busy doing your hair that's for the right. photo. Everyone yeah. was jumping around. I watched code just going, hang on, make yeah. sure this looks all right. Got to make sure yeah. you're photo ready, don't you? Me old mate, Matt Giacci, give me a clip on the radio. That's why. So I what a surprise. <laughs> what an utter surprise that is, eh? Oh, who'd have thought? Hey, Cody, always great to talk to you, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. It's a big game coming up. Uh, tomorrow, 4.30, start at Kelly Park. The Panthers taking on Donnybrook. Should be a good game. Brave the weather. Go see it. Uh, Codes, thanks for joining us. Catch up again later in the year. Fingers crossed. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> Out of bounds, Triple M. Round 10 of the Dale Alcock Homes Southwest Football League happening this weekend. We are going to be out and about tomorrow afternoon. We're at Brunswick Oval for HBL versus Bustleton. We're on air from around 4.30. Uh, game itself starts at around 4.40. So long as we're not all underwater. And that's the important thing because I don't know. Have you seen the forecast for tomorrow, Mr. Crane? Yeah, I see it's um, scattered showers. Scattered showers. Okay, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> Torrential downpour, I believe. We'll soon know what... what the weather's doing with the seagulls. We'll check them out. Good point. We'll find out what the weather's doing. They're predicting anywhere between 35 to 50 mil of rain across the day tomorrow. Gee, that's going to be interesting. What word were you about to say just then? <laughs> that's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, and predicting thunderstorms for most of the day as well. So that's going to obviously be interesting to see how the officials uh, work with that across tomorrow. Are we going to have a boundary rider tomorrow? No. <laughs> no. They've all scampered. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Let's talk about that game because Bustleton, extremely good last week. And they're a side that on their day, they're really, really good. I'm fascinated to see what the weather will do in terms of will it bring both sides closer together or will one side completely power away? Oh, it brings the scoring rate down, so it's always it's, got yeah. to bring the um, game closer together. Yep. And look, it just opens up a heap of avenues and a lot of different aspects of it, You know, which way the wind's travelling, mm. how long you've got the wind before it starts to rain and those sort of aspects. But big ask for Bustledon here. There's no doubt that HBL... Uh, the form side mm. of the comp, and they're sitting on the top for a reason because they are very good. And scoring fluently as well. I mean, they are scoring big scores, 140 last week. They've been putting on some decent scores right across the And their home deck. I mean, yep. no side likes losing at home. So I think John will have them boys up and firing. But as you say, there's two sides, and you never know. I'm fascinated to see how South Bunbury come out in their game Tomorrow, 4.30 start, Hands Oval. It's their third straight game at Hands Oval on a Saturday twilight. And if they can put up the same performance they did against the Eaton Boomers, Augusta Margaret River, they are going to be in for a big handful. Well, to put it bluntly, they need to back it up. Of course they do. I mean, it's no good having a one-off. Yeah. You need to, you were very, very good last week, but that was last week. That's right. This is a whole new kettle of fish and you need to push on with that form. It's no good having one good week and then drifting away to nothing. So I'm sure Bill O will let them know in no uncertain terms that that'll be the case. But looking at Margs, they have worked their way into that top five. They've yep. consolidated top five and they will be very desperate to keep pushing their way in there. Because mm. once you're in there, I mean, you only if you keep winning games of footy, you can't get out. Oh, exactly right. Huge game for Augusta Market River because... Again, they lose that, then uh, all of a sudden Bunbury come back to them. They've got a greater percentage and things like that. Bunbury play the Harvey Bulls. We'll touch on that soon. Big game tomorrow is Kerry Park, Donnybrook, fifth versus sixth. And we touched on this with Cody Miller. A loss to Donnybrook, and all of a sudden they're a fair way back from the pack. Yeah, well, they just can't afford to lose this, can they? But Kerry Park rolled them in the first um, round. Yep. And they'd be pretty disappointed with their efforts last week, You know, even though... 
HBL were very good. They still got, you know, wiped off the park, mm. and I don't think Barney would be too happy with that. And, look, they've got a chance to push themselves well and truly into that five yeah. as well. So game of the round, um, should be a terrific contest. Of course, we'll have uh, updates on those two other games while we're bringing you the game between HBL and Bustleton, uh, so long as the power doesn't go out. Um, <laughs> That'll be interesting. I'm just worried about the rain. Uh, Sunday, two games, Eaton Boomers, Collie Eagles at Glen Hewen Reserve. You'd expect Eaton to win this one, but... Collie have started, as we were saying before, started to build their side and then start if they can get them onto the park regularly as this cohesive unit, they are gonna trouble some tides. You can definitely make a case for Collie. Yeah. You know, that if they can keep those same list of players on the park, they they do have work commitments and the like, which um works into their each into their list a little, little bit. And they've had injuries galore. Mm. But uh, that'll be a great game of footy out at Eaton. I think Eaton will want to bounce back. Um they did get a kick in the tail last week. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be an eye-opener for them. Mm. You know, a kick in the tail every now and then doesn't hurt. No. But um, you should come back strong and um, determined to win. And then Bunbury taking on the Harvey Bulls at Payne Park. Um, Bunbury by how much I suppose a lot of people are going to be thinking, which is a shame, but that's just the situation we've got right now. Very hard to make a case for the Harvey yeah. Bulls to beat Bunbury. As I said, they're coming off a loss. They're um, a team that's wanting to... They want to hit that top three spot. Yeah. So um, they'll be doing everything in their power. And as they we said, ferocious. Harvey Bulls just need to make the most of every opportunity they yep. go into their forward line. It's just um, they don't not going in there very often, so they just need to make the opportunity. But I've got to ask you down something, Dan. Oh, okay. I just get a little bit confused. Right. The crowds are down. The Southwest Footy League are saying the crowds are down. Right. We have, what, one, two, three, three games? Three games. Starting at half past four. Right. People go to watch league footy. Yes. A three games starting at half past four in the middle of the winter. winter. Yeah. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Who's going to bring their family and they go out and start watching a game yeah. at half past four in the afternoon in the middle of winter? It's a fair question. It's a fair I, question. I mean, if someone's got an answer for me, I would love that, but... 13 if you've got the answer. <laughs> the local word on sport. Out of bounds. Triple M. We want to switch our attention to netball right now because the ECU Southwest Jets, they have their first Ridgy Ditch home game coming up this weekend. They're at the Eaton Rec Centre tomorrow night, Saturday night at 5pm. The 20 and unders play and then the open uh, team play at 6.45. And both sides uh, have started the season pretty well. So we've gone and got to the head honcho. Mate, we don't mess around, no, we do we? Don't we mess just around. go straight to the president. I know, that's exactly right. Sarah Leach <laughs> is the president and joins us right now. Sarah, very good afternoon. Thank you, and thanks for having us on the show. No dramas at all. As I said, um, the season has started off pretty well. Uh, the open side got a win in round one. They've been real competitive in the next two matches. And the 20 and under side has been very good so far with two wins so far. As president, you'd be very happy to see uh, how the season's gone to date. Absolutely. I am thrilled with the start we've had to the season. We've got a lot of talent sitting around our club, which we are fortunate to have. And the girls have been working really hard in pre-season, so it's nice to see us actually get some success out on the court and build for a really strong rest of the season. Now, I was just running through your fixtures, Sarah. There, You only get three home games out of 14. That's a no. pretty <laughs> stiff draw. It's a tough ask. It's, you know, the players do a lot of driving and we really appreciate the effort they go to as well as the young girls' parents who drive up every week 
to the state netball centre so we can still be part of the competition. We are the only regional club involved in the competition and we're really proud of that. Because there was a time where uh, you had a side, I'm pretty sure based out of Geraldton, you had a side that was based in the Wheat Belt, but that's all changed mm-hmm. now. Is there you know, discussions about maybe trying to get a, a fourth or fifth game uh, based out of Bunbury or based out of the Southwest region in the future? Uh, look, we are in discussions. We won't be getting that this season, yep. but we're in discussions with uh, WA Netball to try and get some more for next season and the years after that as well. But it all relies on how many people we can get down to our game, how successful we are as a club, those kinds of things. So we would appreciate whoever would like to come to come on down and support us. Is that one of the keys to that, Sarah? Is that the amount of people through the gate that will uh, determine whether you get those home games? Because it just seems we want to spread the netball word around so people can go and watch top-quality netball in country areas. It would be ideal. It would be ideal, and it is a factor. Um, look, we have to fund home games and things like that. So we, not obviously not for profit, but um, we would love to get people down there, not for that reason, but simply to support the club, support the sport. We have a really, really high number of netball participants in the southwest mm-hmm. region, and a lot of those are young girls who need to see where they could end up playing and what they could end up representing, and part of that is being at the games. So where that can become. So with your squad, um, the open squad, where's that made up from? How big an area do we draw from for the Southwest Jets? Uh, we've got players coming from Buffalton, um, Margaret River. Mind you, some of those the Margaret River girls are in our twenty and under team. Bunbury, um, Brunswick, Harvey. We're all over the shop, really. So does that <laughs> make it Brown, difficult to? get a training session together or do you all train in Bunbury? Where do you train? Uh, we train at Eaton Rec Centre and on a Monday night and a Wednesday night. Monday night is for local players, so whoever can get there, whether that's from Buffalton, Bunbury, and then Wednesday night is the full squad session. So we've got our girls that are Perth-based come down um, and everyone makes it to those sessions. You're on Out of Bounds so at the moment with Daniel done. Leach here, Alan Crane over there. And at the moment, we've got Sarah Leach, who's the president of the ECU Southwest Jets. they got their first Ridgey Didge home game coming up that tomorrow night, Saturday night at the Eaton Rec Centre. They're taking on the East Frio Jets, kicking off around about 5pm. Can I talk about Lisa Millman, who's come to the club this season? Um, she has been uh, a warrior um, in uh, state netball uh, competition. She just recently <laughs> brought up her 300th game uh, across the competition um, to get someone who's got the the experience, the knowledge and the talent like that, that's a massive get for you guys and obviously she's moved oh. down south but just to be able to get her on board it would be amazing it's, It is amazing and we are so fortunate to have her with us she has such a rich history of experience and diverse experience as well, coming from coaching and the different levels of netball that she's played from you know one all level through to playing for the West Coast Fever um, at one stage as well. So we're we're lapping it up. The young girls are enjoying having her knowledge through training sessions. So while she's training with us, she's also sharing her knowledge and coaching us through because she is our assistant coach as well as being a player. So a huge game this weekend. How are we looking? Are we at full strength? We are. And we are really looking forward to competing. It should be a good one. 
Uh, what do you expect from the game? Because uh, the East Frio Sharks, um, uh, look, there's going to be a lot of people that, that come along that will, will know a lot about uh, the Southwest Jets, but may not know much about the East Frio Sharks. Um, in terms of the, the 20s and under, as I said before, two wins so far to start the season. Mm-hmm. They're looking very strong. And the open side, very competitive. As I said, won the first game, but been really good in the first uh, and the next two games after that. Uh, what do we expect from the team this weekend? Look, it'll be a tough competition. It always is in one all. The teams are really close in terms of skill levels and things like that. Um, we've been working really hard at training on our repeated efforts, so making sure in defence we just keep on plugging at it and making sure we treasure possession. And I think if we continue to do that for the full game, both teams will get over the line with a win. And as you mentioned before, the key is getting people to come along to the games. That's Mm. going to help in terms of hopefully getting more games uh, in future seasons down. So people wanting to come along, it is uh, going to be a big night tomorrow night, Saturday night, Eaton Rec Centre. Southwest Jets taking on the East Frio Sharks, as I said, starts around 5pm for the 20s and under, and the open team starts at 6.45. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time, and we really hope that there's a lot of success this season for the side and we look forward to maybe catching up again a little bit later on the season thank you i appreciate it out of bounds triple m uh nigel reeve joins us soon to preview this weekend's action in the lower sours football league but i tell you what last weekend um a lot of uh really talented up and coming footballers made their mark at the great southern colts carnival in lake grace and uh they managed to get the win for the lower sours football league at the competition one of the men behind the scenes that was integral to them getting on the uh, the winner's circle is with us right now. He is. He's um, one of three coaches yeah. down there. That's a terrific carnival, isn't it? Oh, it's a river. So we welcome to Out of Bounds, Paul Omaday. G'day, Paul. Morning, guys. How are you going? Going wonderful. And thank you very much for taking our call. Um, I just want to quickly go on the grand final itself because you guys were behind most of the way at quarter time, half time, three quarter time. You come home with a wet sail and you win the game. Three-quarter time, fun little message to get across to get them over the line. What did you say to them? Um, yeah, it's a really good question, actually. We'd, uh, we, we had quite a good setup with um, some key big men in our team, and the wind was quite strong across the ground, and we just pretty much changed the way we played the game. Uh, guys, in the end, we just um, kicked the ball a bit shorter and um, carried the ball into the forward line, and we were able to get a, a couple of goals and keep them to nothing. So... Um, yeah, it was really close tussle all, all the way through. We, I think we got out of the blocks and kicked the first two goals and then they kicked the next four. So, um, yeah, look, just a really good, strong game. Tough conditions with the wind, but mm. not as tough as last year's. But, um, yeah, we uh, we got up in the last minute and uh, I think young Jackson Lee snapped the goal out of the goal square to put us in front just about a minute to go, and which made up for the two he missed a bit earlier, which is uh, unlike him. But, yeah, no, it was a really good, really good weekend for the guys and a really well-deserved for them. Now, uh, you were one of three coaches, Brad Barton and Braden Gibellini. How did you work that together? You must have had a pretty good understanding between you all. Yep, most definitely. Look, we, we right from the start when we all agreed to um, to help out and, and uh, take this on for the Lower South West, we, we all met um, regularly. We were all at training, uh, selection meetings. So, you know, look, it's not just... Uh, it's not, I'm talking to you now, but Braden and Brad are... A uh, big part of that, um, and look, it worked really well. Braden's actually uh, coached a few Colts sides in the past for his local club, Dean Mill, and, and Brad's done a lot of coaching, obviously at a junior level, and, and has been involved in this carnival 
uh, right from the outset as well. So, look, just a good group of guys. Um, they're good guys to work with. Um, had a bit of trouble working the board out every now and then, but as you do as coaches, you settle into it just like the players do. And, yeah, no, look, just a really good weekend. So yeah, your squad's got a fair distance to travel. Mm. How difficult was it to get all them together for a couple of training sessions and how many training sessions did you have before you moseyed off to the carnival? Yeah, we did five and we tried to spread it around. So we, we trained in um, we trained in all the management up. So we trained at, uh, three times in Manji and once in Bridgetown and once in Pemberton. Um, and look, at most times, there's a couple of times there where there was coming off a uh, long weekend and things like that that we struggled to get a few there. But generally we had... Um, Oh, at least 15, I reckon, at training out of the squad of 25 that we took, uh, or 40 in the initial squad, but we selected 25. So our, our smallest training, I reckon, was uh, 15 or 14, and then um, a couple of the trainings in management were, you know, 20s plus. So it was uh, full credit to the, to the guys, the players, to actually travel, especially those from Bridgetown, Boyabrook, um, Pemberton or Southerners. So a bit further away, we had some kids from Northliff. Bridgetown, Boyabrook, all come to training. So a really good effort from them to actually commit to that. You're on Out of Bounds on this Friday afternoon. Daniel Leach here, Alan Crane over there. Paul Oberday, who was one of the three amazing coaches that uh, saw the Lower Southwest Football League Colts side take the upper great, uh, sorry, take out the Great Southern Colts Carnival uh, last weekend. It's it's a pretty big event, this one. There's eight very, very good leagues that take part in this, including the Goldfields, Peel, Great Southern, Upper Great Southern. So to test yourself against these very, very good leagues and to come away with the win, it's something pretty special, this. Yeah, it is. It's, um, look, it's a really highly respected carnival, as is the, the Great Northern Carnival, mm-hmm. which happens at the same time of the year. So I think it's one of the only weekends of the year where all footy in, in WA, apart from the, the Pilbara and upwards, obviously, is, it all comes to a halt. So, um, you know, we're just very privileged and we, we highly respect our um, being asked to come into it. And we have been asked, to, you know, I think this is the fourth year that we've been in, and we were asked probably two or three years prior to that mm-hmm. to be involved and we're spending a lot of money as a league, sending away a senior side, and I think you know through the direction of of our um, of our president of our league in, in David East, this is just something that we decided to do four years ago, and we will continue to put a lot of effort and uh, money behind this carnival um, and supporting those young guys because it is good for them to really put themselves against someone of a similar age um, that is as good or better than them. You know, it's it's, it's probably the step in between playing in their local club um, and going up to the next level at Waffle. Before we move on to the format of the carnival, I've just got to make mention of your runner, Liam Hodgson. He yes. he seemed to be best on ground. He got a lot of support. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Uh, he um, he realised the difference. Our first game was on the second oval at Lake Grace, which is actually a little bit smaller than the main oval. And he, um, he came back after the first message we sent out uh, in the second game we played, which was on the big oval, and said, Geez, don't make me do too many of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was, he was terrific too. And look, I should mention uh, Liam because he, he's um, one of the lads and certainly keeps our connection between the boys and, and the coaching staff. But uh, he's certainly great fun to have him going away on a carnival, that's for sure. He looks like he thoroughly enjoys mm. himself. Now, what format was the carnival running? Is it a round-robin sort of setup, or do you draw your names out of your hat? How do you work out your fixed string for it? Yeah, the fixed string's worked out by the Great Southern Carnival, the, or the council, so um, there's there's two... Well, it's not two pools really, but um, you know you've got 
ourselves, Upper Great Southern, Great Southern and, and Peel have are probably the stronger um, Colts competitions at the moment. Um, and then the other the other four are still there. So we play against each other. So those first rounds are, are set um, as a fixture. And then obviously winners and losers after that filter out through, through the weekend. So um, this year we found ourselves up against Peel in the second game, which was, um, you know, the two... The two uh, Grand finalists from the year before, which is not normally the way it goes, but um, yeah, was, I think the the fixturing. I just find with the fixturing with eight eight uh, associations is that you know, I'd like if um, I'd like those that are as not as competitive or not as strong. You know, everyone's competitive, so wrong word, but those that aren't as strong to to make sure their kids, their young men, get something out of that carnival um, and play up against. Sides that are similar ability, you know, I don't think anyone wins in a carnival like that by, yeah. by winning by 20 goals. Um, so there's maybe a bit of work around that that I think the organisers could look at. But and you almost then have yourself in you know, after the first game or two, you actually you filter out and you've almost got two divisions playing each other, one for a cup and one for a plate or something like that. You know, so um, it just make sure that uh, those those teams that do struggle to get the 19 year olds. And, and let's be honest, I think. The strength in the teams of associations that uh, ourselves, Great Southern, Upper Great Southern, and, and Peel is that we have more percentage of 19-year-olds in those teams. So um, where other associations can't get that because those 19-year-olds are away, um, they might be playing in another competition, they might be away at school, or just come out of school and going to play at waffle level. So they're living in Perth, and the integrity of the competition is that we don't want those kids that are playing at waffle level to come back and play in this carnival because we really want to showcase the kids that are actually playing in our local competitions um, and give them the opportunity to play at a higher level. So does the selection for the regional districts, does that come out of that carnival? It does, yeah, yep. So that comes out of um, the associations not related to Peel and Great Southern. So you've got Eastern Districts, Ongara, um, Lower South West, uh, Upper Great Southern, I'll probably miss one. What have we got? Peel. Mm. So yeah, there's four or five of the of the leagues outside of Peel and and, and Great Southern that actually go into that regional district districts team. So yeah, we've been very lucky. I think last year we had about nine or ten, and this year I think nine have been selected again. Um, or, or, yeah, nine or ten again are selected, which is great for our young guys to go to that next level and play at the landmark Carnival Colts Colts team. And a bit of a shout out, I think. Um to Jackson East, yes. fairest and best in the grand final, and uh, Blake East. Yeah, most definitely. Are they uh, brothers or no, um... no, 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 no? They're um, their dads are cousins, so um, yeah, di- different different family, not brothers. Uh, uh, Jackson had an absolutely cracking grand final, and and Blake's just you know the young man is an absolute pleasure to coach, and he had a great carnival. I think um, those two, and I think probably Kai Jasper from. From Southerners was probably our other standout over the games, and in, in the grand final, that who's probably um, you know those, those three guys, and along with a number of others. But I think uh, those two guys were, were very good in the grand final. Um, so we've had some really good, uh, really good performances across the group really over the weekend. Can I just say congratulations to everyone involved in Absolutely, that? It was yeah. great to see everyone get behind representative footy, and mm. that's a great carnival. So well done, yeah, Paul. Yeah, indeed, Paul. Yeah. We uh, really do appreciate taking uh, some time to have a chat to us. And uh, again, congratulations on getting the win and representing the Lower South West Football League at its absolute best. Uh, thanks for joining us. Chat again very soon.
No, thanks, guys. Just want to make a quick shout-out to our league, um, to, to David East and, and Shannon Reeve, who did a lot of the organising, Shannon, especially mm. without those sort of people. I know every league's got them, but without those sort of people, these carnivals don't happen. So we really appreciate the support of all our supporters and um, those that came away with us, the trainers, runners, everything like that. So, yeah, really, really good team and just appreciative of our league to back us to, to take away a good cult side. Indeed, they're a very good side. Paul Abaday, the uh, one of the three coaches from the Lower Southwest Football League team that won the Great Southern Colts Carnival, joining us here on Out of Bounds at Triple M. The local word on sport, Out of Bounds, Triple M. And right now it is time to focus in just that little bit more on Lower Southwest Football League. It is time to get a preview of this weekend's action round nine in the Lower Southwest Football League. Also, think mental health round. It's uh, think mental health round right across regional WA in local footy. To preview this weekend's action, we go no further than the legend, the man, the myth that is Nigel Reeve. Hello. Good afternoon, boys. How are we going? What an introduction, eh? Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> well, well, to finish right there, I'm happy. Okay, well, in that case, thanks for joining us. It's been great. No, I'm kidding. Uh, happy, happy to be paid $50 to do your uh, your little phone messages if ever needed to be done. Um, Nigel, uh, the weekend off just gone. Uh, how did you uh, sit back and chill out? I just chilled out on the fan, on the farm and uh, with the family, did a few things around the farm and, yeah, just looking forward to um, this week's round of fixtures, getting some updates from the Colts Carnival yes. on that weekend from my brother-in-law. So very exciting for the Lower South West. So well done to them and, and all the coaching staff and, and the league in particular. So it was a great effort. Yeah, very good team put together, as we mentioned last week. Um, and for them to get the win um, the way they did as well, really, really impressive. So congratulations once again to them all. So round nine, let's have a look-see after the bye. Boy up, Brooke, up against Dean Mill. Massive game for Dean Mill. They've got to got to win this one, I feel. Yeah, three matches this weekend. So, um, yeah, for us, it's, it's uh, for us. Here we go again. No, that's fine. Them. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very I think, important I think game, no right? one's under any disillusion to who you barrack for. Exactly, so you're right, right mate. <laughs> no, look, we didn't come off the last bye too well, so uh, we're looking to uh, bounce back after a disappointing outing against Tigers the week before. So, um, yeah, it should be a good game. Voightbrook over there are usually four or five goals stronger, So, uh, and with the weather coming in, it could be a pretty tight game. It is going to tighten it up out there, isn't yep. it? Because that weather's going to be fairly solid, and I know that ground gets a bit... Uh, heavy, so it's going to be interesting. But Dean Mill should win that. Should win, but you just want for for Dean Mill. You guys just want to make sure that you keep that two game distance between yourself and Imperials. For Imperials, they are at home up against Cojunup on Saturday. Again, you'd suggest they'd win that, but Cojunup would probably uh, be licking their lips at this one. I'd have thought. And probably Cojunup are in the same boat as Boyle. They probably see these uh, two games as potential wins. And, uh, yeah, it's a big game for Imperials as well, as, as much as uh, coaching up, depending on how they travel. But they've been doing a really good job fronting two teams uh, all year without doubling up too many players. So it should be an interesting game. Imperials have got a couple of new recruits, I believe, uh, in the last game before the bye. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. But at home, I, I think Imperials should get over the line. Yeah, you're right there. So what about the new recruits? Where are they from and who are they? I think they're from Bustledon Crony. I can't tell you names, but uh, they're, they're key position players. So they had their first outing, or one of them had their first outing uh, the week before the carnivals and uh, apparently went all right, according to all sources. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But if you're playing in uh, torrential rain, uh, it doesn't matter what ability you have. That's it's, right. Uh, yeah. 
a pretty dour uh, 90 minutes of footy. So um, at home, I'd say Imperials will get over the line. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Oh. I think Goose's men. Oh. He, he um, might have a crack at this one. Okay. All right. I like that. I like you getting out on the uh, it's on a, the front foot. I tell you what, it's a pretty shaky branch That's that I'm standing fine. <laughs> I don't mind that. Now, the big game on this weekend, it's going to be happening on Sunday, 2.15 start. Tigers versus Southerners. A lot on the line here for Southerners because if they win, they will leapfrog Tigers and go back into second spot. But if Tigers win, all of a sudden, they are going to be two games clear of Southerners, and obviously, depending on what happens with Dean Mills. So there's a lot on the line in this one. Oh, you summed it up beautifully, and and, and that's what it means to both both clubs. So <laughs> Southerners uh, showed some really good form um, before the bye and uh, and got a really nice win, and, and Tigers, obviously, against Dean Mills had a really confidence-boosting win. So, uh, yeah, look, either way, I'm going to pick Southerners. I, I just think uh, Tigers at some stage might come back, and I've said that twice since. And Dean will have played them, and it hasn't happened. But uh, Southerners, come this time of year, they start to crank it up a bit. And uh, I think away from home, Southerners might get the chocolates this week. I was just looking at the smile on Dan Leach's face when you said he summed it up very well. well I mean, he was... once in a while, I like to say something that's slightly intelligent. <laughs> and thankfully, that has been the case this time around. So that's something. That's uh, a great game of footy, isn't it? It is a so sensational game Who are you going to go for, Dan? Who am I going to go for? I think Southerners. I just get the sneaking suspicion they're just about to put on a bit of a charge, Southerners. So I'm going to put them on the top of the tree for me this weekend. But great action going on this weekend in the Lower Southwest Football League. Whatever you do, make sure you get out and go and support it. Uh, as always, Nigel, thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to catching up again next week. No, I look forward to it, boys.